And if you want to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 6, in Romans chapter 6, if you grab the Bible on the way in, it's page 950, otherwise Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. And uh, you can also, the verses are up here, so you'll be able to follow along. If you need a Bible, it's our gift to you, take it. The title for today, though, is Three Keys to a New Life in Christ. Three keys to a new life in Christ. This is an amazing passage, Romans 6, 6 through 14. But I'm not going to start out with a happy story. I'm going to start with a sad story. But it's going to end with a happy one. Uh, <clears throat> when I was a youth pastor, Kim and I were in Illinois. And uh, I was going to seminary and all. And we were in Illinois working with our youth group. And we took the teens one time to a, it was like a, in the summer, Saturday, we went to a, an outdoor water park. <clears throat> but it's like a lot of little man-made lakes and some water slides and places where people could die. But this place was a zoo. Uh, it was crazy. First of all, the water was so murky because it was so, you know, everybody's playing in it, working it up. It got really muddy looking. And then there's just, they had way too many people there. And then it, you could see they had some, I was a lifeguard, but I, so I saw these things. There's some inexperienced lifeguards who were not even paying attention. And it was just mobbed, all these, it just, it, I couldn't even, I just said, Kim, this is a disaster waiting to happen. And wouldn't you know it, a short time later, there's a little girl walking in the water, and all of a sudden she <laughs> She's, she goes running up to the lifeguard, says something. The lifeguard freaks out, grabs, gets the other lifeguards. They all freak out. They go running into the water, and there was a body. They're pulling the body out of the water. And, and they get it out, and they didn't know. They were like chickens with their heads cut off. They didn't know what to do. And, and Kim finally said, call 911. You know, Kim stepped right up. They called 911, but in the meantime, they didn't know what to do. And some, some, there were some guys there that had, had some kind of CPR training, a couple, couple of muscle men on the beach. And, and I'll never forget, the one guy gets on and starts doing CPR. But, um, uh, and, and he starts doing the CPR, and another guy wanted to be a hero, so he pushed him off, and he started to do this. They're fighting over doing CPR on this guy, right? Meanwhile, nobody's doing what he probably really needed, because if you, CPR is good, but, but you, you know, mouth to mouth, you know, for the drowning victim. So, so one, some woman stepped up and started doing the mouth to mouth. Uh, I'm not even going to tell you what happened. But horrible, horrible, horrible. It was terrible. It, it was not pretty between the pumping and the breathing, breathing. Plus, he was just, obviously dead this guy was dead right there was no doubt about it turned out that he was drinking and dove into the water and broke his neck and and nobody could see him because it was just so muddy the water is so worked up and muddy and and he he was he was dead but the most traumatic part was that even though he was clearly dead these hero muscle men are fighting over pumping this body. They're just both, they both are fighting, literally fighting over who is going to get to be the one to do the CPR on this, this dead body. Nobody wanted to do the breathing part. This poor woman was the real hero, believe me. It was horrible. But, but it's crazy, right? But many of us, many of us do the same thing every day. Many of us do the same thing every day. We try to revive a dead body. Some of you are saying, not me. Not, yeah. We're going to see in Romans 6 that many of us do the same insane thing, insane thing spiritually. 
We do the same exact thing. Remember that picture, because that's what we do. Romans is all. Romans starts out saying how we're unrighteous, uh, but but we can be made righteous with God through His Son Jesus Christ by putting our faith in Him. And now we come to Romans six, where we see the righteous results of what has happened. Uh, we start with the righteous results, and last week we saw the first righteous result was that we are dead to sin. The fact is, we're dead to sin, and it's now possible to live a new life in Jesus Christ, right? We now have the resurrection power, but now we're going to see today that there are three keys to living this new life, three important keys to living this new possible life in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for each person who's here today or watching or listening today or someday. We pray that every one of us, we would never forget Never forget this passage, the vital lesson of this. And if, and, and if someone's never put their faith in Jesus yet, today would be the day that they die to their old self and become new in Jesus Christ. They have a new life in Christ. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's read the passage here. Uh, Romans 6, starting with verse 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of Christ might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives lives for God. I'm sorry, I have to read it. I'm doing it by memory. The life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Wow. All right, so a couple keys that jump out at us uh, here. Uh, uh, Key number one is in Romans 6.6. Key number one, this is the first step. There's three vital steps to living a new life in Christ Jesus. Here it goes. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with that we shall no longer be slaves to sin. And the first thing is no. We have to know something. Very, very important. So many of us as Christians forget this vital fact or we, or we don't fully realize what it really means. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, when we say, God, I, don't, I repent of my sin, my old life, I repent, I don't want it anymore. I put my faith in Jesus to, who died on the cross for me, rose from the dead again. I put my faith in him to forgive me. And give me a new life. I give my life to you, God. The moment we do that, our sinful nature actually dies on the cross with Jesus Christ. That's what baptism is. We talked about baptism last week. And that's what baptism is a picture of. Seven people baptized. Uh, out here, a lot of them. And, and that's, just, that's what was remembering that they went under the water to show that their old life died with Jesus Christ. That's a, a, a powerful picture of it. And they come out of the water to show that they have a new life in Jesus Christ. It's powerful, right? Powerful, powerful. So, <clears throat> so 
That's our old nature dies on the cross with Jesus. And look at what he says here in verse 6. So that the body of sin might be done away with. Guess what tense that is. Remember last week? Subjunctive. The mood of possibility, right? The mood of possibility in the Greek there. But might be done away with. But the only question is, will we? It's dead, so it's now possible to live this new life, to no longer be slaves to sin. The question is, will we do that? And, and, and that's, that's, that's the, the only question. Will we? And why is it so important to know this? Why? So that we'll no longer be slaves to sin. All of us were slaves to sin, slaves to Satan, slaves to the world, slaves to our sinful flesh. Every, flesh, every one of us was that. That's what we were before we came to Jesus Christ. And if you have never put your faith in Christ, that's what you are. Without Jesus, we are all slaves to sin. But now we should live free in Jesus Christ. But if we don't know this, here we go. We go back to the no. First thing, no. If we don't know this, we will let our feelings control us. Every time we're tempted, we will cave in. If we don't know this. We'll cave in every time we're tempted. Wait, I became a Christian. Why am I being tempted? Why is this hitting me again? Why am I, you know, getting hit again? You know, we'll, we'll be tempted to, 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 to cave in if we don't know. No, I'm dead. I'm dead to sin. I'm alive in Jesus Christ. All, if we don't know this, all, we're just slaves to our feelings. Satan just has to ring the bell. Like Pavlov's dog. You know Pavlov's dog? He fed the dog and rang the bell. Rang the bell, fed the dog. Then he rang the bell and didn't feed the dog. And the dog's still drooling. You know, the Pavlov's dog. You know, in the experiment, you know, science experiment. And, and a lot of times, that's what Satan does. He just has to ring the bell. And then we, we just give in to it. We, we eat what he wants to feed us. And then Satan goes off the offensive. See, nothing has changed. You're not really a Christian. You're not free. Satan goes on the offensive, starts to accuse us, starts to attack us, right? And that, that is from Satan. That is from Satan. Satan accuses. God does not accuse. God does what? Convicts. God convicts. Conviction is aimed at getting us to repent and turn back to him. And it's done. Accusing is when he, he just keeps beating us up, beating us up. You know, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's Satan's lies, all right? God's conviction is, convicts us. We say, God, please forgive me. I want to be close to you. And it's gone. Don't listen to the accusations. Don't let, don't let them do that. But, that. but that's what Satan does. He goes on the offensive. He says, you're not a Christian. Nothing has changed. Listen, we, 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 we give in to the, because we, we give in to those feelings, right? But we, because we don't know. We have to know. We have to know that we still have to, that we're, we can fight this. Living free is not automatic. It's not automatic. When we crucify our old self, our old sinful self will fight back. All right? It, it's dead, but there, there's still the reflexes. It's like that scary movie. You know, the old scary movies, the B movies, the villain, the girl. You know, the villain's dead. And, the, and, and then the, 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 the girl always comes up. And what does she do? She always comes up to make sure he's really dead. How you? Get away from him. Get away from him. Why do they always do that? Get up close. And then what's the villain do? Grabs her by the neck again. You know, right? Ah! You know, and, and she takes a stake and jabs it in his heart. You know? Come on, you watched these movies growing up. I know you did, all right? 
our old self is dead. But we must, we shouldn't go peeking at it. You know, like this you know, girl look at peeking at it. We shouldn't go checking on it. No, no, no. We, but we must know it. And we have to daily crucify. Every time the old reflex is kicking, stab it in the heart. Right? We can do that. Do you know, verse 6, do you know, for, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Do you know that? Many Christians don't understand, don't realize what that means for our life. We, we know it, but we don't know it. Right? We don't really know it. Uh, one of my favorite books, All Quiet in the Western Front, Watch the old movies, not the new one. I didn't like the new one. But anyway, the old ones, uh, the, the, the old one even left this best part out. The, I remember the, the, in, in, in the um, All Quiet on the Western Front, <clears throat> the hero of the story, this German soldier, he, he uh, has a buddy who gets wounded, and he's going to carry him back, remember? And he's going to take him back to the medical area to be to be you know worked on and he's he picks him up and he's carrying him and he's talking to him the whole time and and he gets back there and and what he doesn't realize he's sitting there talking to him and his buddy is killed by i think either as a sniper or a shrapnel shot at him and and missed him and hit his buddy killed him killed him and here he is carrying this Dead guy kills his friend. He's carrying a dead guy, talking to him, carrying him. It's heavy. It's hard. He's talking to him. And he gets back, and the medic says, what, what are you carrying him for? He, he's dead. Put him down. And, and it's a really, really sad part of the, of the story, and the different movies handle that different ways. But, you know, we, I tell Christians that, all, and myself, all the time. <laughs> Listen, put the dead body down. It's dead. It's dead. You, we don't have to live as slaves. We don't have to do whatever sin tells us to. We are free in Jesus Christ. Do you know that? Really know it. Have you put the dead body down? Which leads us to key number two. We know it, but many times key number two is very, very vital. Verse 11, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Some of your versions might say um, uh, uh, reckon. Some of the older versions, I reckon, right? That's, that's the same idea there. It, um, <clears throat> it means to consider something so. Count or reckon means to consider something so. It means to believe it by faith. Believe it by faith. Knowing something is worthless if we don't really believe it. Right? There you go. We don't really believe it. Emancipation Proclamation. Abraham Lincoln, when he did that, many slaves just couldn't believe it. They heard it, but they couldn't believe it. They stayed in the state of slavery on the plantations under their former masters. Uh, They had to be convinced. The blue coats showed up and had to convince them, you can leave. And, and a lot of us are in that same place. We, we, we don't really believe it. We don't really believe it. We, we, when, we, the, the same thing is true. When we're tempted, when we're tempted or struggling, discouraged, whatever it is, we must know and believe we don't have to go give in. We have to know it. We're going through that. But we also have to believe that we don't have to give in. And it, it doesn't matter what we feel. It doesn't matter what I feel. Feelings have nothing to do with it. Nothing. It's the fact 
the fact. That is what is so vital. So many Christians are like this. I was Years ago, I saved this from Paul Harvey. He had a For What It's Worth book. Listen to this. So many Christians were like this. In a county jail in South Florida, jail officials found a plastic trash bag hanging to the bars of a cell. Inside was Jimmy Jones, the prisoner who hoped to get taken out with the trash. And he might have escaped, except during roll call, his reflexes took over. And when the name Jimmy Jones was called, from inside the garbage bag came the muffled response, Here! I miss Paul Harvey. True, though. True. True story. We don't have to respond. It's going to keep calling. Satan's going to keep calling. The flesh is going to keep calling. The world's going to keep calling. Going to keep calling. But we don't have to respond. We have to believe that. It has no more power over us. We're no longer a slave. We're no longer a slave. And over time, we're going to see progressive sanctification. As we keep knowing it and believing it and and fighting this battle, we're going to see that progressive sanctification. But it's going to take time. I've used this story many times. On the farm, we would uh, have lanes, these dirt lanes that we drive the tractors on. And we drive down the lane, and then the next time we drove down it, we drive it. And you kept driving kind of in the same place. And pretty soon, you had these ruts up the lane. And when you would drive down the lane, you'd end up in that rut. No matter where you wanted to drive, there was a big lane, but you kept you end up sliding into that rut because it was big and it would rain and create puddles and all that stuff. And it would just be there. And after a while, you were stuck just driving in these ruts, and it got deeper and deeper. And my dad would finally say, "Okay," he'd get out his disc. Yep, you know what a disc is? It's got all these round, sharp, you know, wheels on it. And and he would drive up the lane with his disc. That's what he would do. And he would disc it up and he'd drive it over it again and disc it up and he would wipe out those ruts he'd wipe them out and he'd have this lane that was pretty smooth you know a lot of, you know, a lot of dirt but, but smooth and then the next time you drove down it guess what you could drive wherever you want you didn't slip into the rut and not only that you could form a new rut which is what we did <laughs> yeah a new rut and that's the point as with a christian life we 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 over time, we can get rid of those old ruts and form a new holy rut, healthy rut, good good uh, habits, right? A good habit. And that's what we, we develop by progressive sanctification, which leads to the third step, which is we must do something now. Faith plus action. So we know it, believe it, but here's the action step. This is important. Verse uh, number three is Romans 6.13. In Romans 6.13, do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. And I call this act. We act. This is where the rubber meets the road. Satan doesn't, listen, Satan doesn't care what we know. Satan doesn't care what we believe. He only cares as long as we don't. The only thing he cares is as long as we don't act on it. He doesn't care what we know, what we believe, as long as we don't act on our faith. Right? Same with witnessing. Right, Chuck? Doesn't matter. He doesn't care if we believe in Jesus. Just don't tell anybody about it. Right? Uh, Then that's that's we must live by faith. We must live by faith. We must obey and act 
by faith. No matter what our heart tells us, you know, Hollywood and Disney, follow your heart. No, that's bad. The heart is wicked beyond, you know, you know, beyond, you know, what's, what's that verse? Uh, the wicked heart is desperately wicked. You got it. So, no, no, no. Don't follow the heart. Follow the Holy Spirit's leading, right? It doesn't, no matter how we feel or what we feel, we still have to do what God is calling us to do. Emotions will get in line if we keep doing the right thing, the new rut, right? Paul tells us here to act on act on what we know and believe. By how? By offering the parts of our body as instruments of righteousness. See that? Instruments of righteousness. See, our bodies here, according to verse 13, our bodies can be instruments of wickedness or of righteousness. The Greek word for the word here for instrument means weapon. Weapon. It's actually a weapon, instrument of weapon, an instrument of war. That's what, it, that's what it's really talking about. Our bodies are weapons. Did you know that? Our bodies are weapons. Uh, the question is, how, what kind of weapon is it going to be, for good or for evil? Uh, when I was a youth pastor, I had one of my youth leaders was a karate guy, and uh, his name was Jay. He was really good. And he would bring his dad in, and we would put on this whole karate show, you know, with all the kids. And, and he, they'd break boards, you know, and chop them and kick them and all this stuff. It was great. I couldn't do it, but they could do it. Uh, but we may not be able to break any boards to do that, but we our bodies are still weapons that can be used, either used for positive or negative. Our eyes. Our eyes, we can use them for lust, for greed, to look at garbage on our phones and computers, or to, to look to share Jesus Christ with those who are hurting. We can use our eyes for good or for evil. Our hands, we can use it to steal, for fighting. How about the guy who killed the guy at the... the, the, the the, the dolphin fan, right, killed the uh, Patriot fan, right? He punched him at the game, you know, just punched him twice and killed him. You know, we could use our hands to, to hurt people, uh, you know, or we can use it to, our hands to build up the kingdom of God. Our mouths, <laughs> wow, what can we do with our mouths? Uh, we could hurt people, we could gossip, we could lie, we can curse, or we can witness. We can worship, we can encourage people, we can build one another up. With our mouths, our ears, we can listen to filth, we can listen to slander, or we can listen to biblical preaching and worship. We can listen for hurting hearts out there. People are hurting and listen for them. They're everywhere, everywhere, right? Uh, the our girls uh, with our with our bodies, we can use our bodies. Girls, we can use our our body. Uh, you can use it to dress to cause sin. You can dress in a way that will cause boys and men to sin, or modestly, and and develop and, and use your body to develop the beauty of the inner self that which will last, which will never fade. The Bible talks about that beauty. The our whole country is just focused on the outer beauty, and sometimes I'll. You know, see an article about someone who I grew up with, an actress who everybody thought was so pretty. And I'll see her now and I, oh, that can't be her. That's impossible. You know, that, that, you know, well, anyway, yeah, it's impossible. Uh, but that's, that's, but the inner beauty never fades. That's what we should focus on. And bo- boys, same thing. How are we going to use our bodies, our sexual organs to hurt women, to shame women, or to build up a godly family? 
Well, how are we going to use our, our bodies? Our minds, will we use, will let anger and bitterness and, and conform to the world with our brains? Or will we be transformed? Romans 12, 2. We're going to be that, there in a little while. Wait till we get there. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Of your mind. Will we, will we become transformed? Conformers or transformers with our mind? Too many of us. Too many of us offer the parts of our body to sin, which ends up damaging other people, or we are damaged by that. Damaging or being damaged because we offer the parts of our body to sin. Uh, I kept an art, this article. It's a crazy story. Uh, this guy in uh, Australia, 70, uh, here is, he lost an arm but kept a friend. A 71-year-old Australian retiree whose pet crocodile bit off his arm was reunited with Charlene on Monday. Charlene. On Monday and said he'd keep her at his other arm's length. Wildlife officials had wanted to shoot the reptile. (laughs) But Casey said, no, it's my fault. I asked her if she wanted some fish. I put my hand in the bucket and didn't give her a fish. All she could think about was the fish. And with my hand being there, she bit it. He goes, I must admit, I do keep her at arm's length now. Must be the other arm. Uh, but, I, but I get in the pen with her and give her, give her a bit of a scratch. Crazy, right? But so many of us, listen, let's not get too convicted here. But don't, how many of us have a pet sin that's just as dang, more dangerous than Charlene? How many of us have something more dangerous? We keep these pet sins at arm's length, right? But they end up, but we end up offering, Romans 6.13, we end up offering the parts of our body to that pet sin. That's what happens. Are we, are we dead to sin but alive in Christ? Are we ready to overcome the destructive habits, the destructive attitudes, the sinful strongholds in our life? Maybe you're not a Christian and you can't do that. Maybe you're not a Christian and you can't do that. You're still a slave to sin. You've never put your faith in Jesus Christ and be set free. You've never died to sin and, 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 and experienced his resurrection power in your life. But you can today. You can do it right now. In your heart. We put our faith in, God, in Jesus in our heart. You can do it right now, but we're going to pray in a little bit at the end to confirm that. We're going to end with that. But, you, but each one of us, to, to be set free, will we repent? Will we put our faith in Jesus? Will we surrender our life? What John 3.16 is talking about. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? And as Christians, maybe you've already put your faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe you know, here we go, the know you are a Christian because you have believed. Now we talk about know and believed, but you haven't been, we haven't been acting like one. You catch that? We, we, we know we're a Christian because we believe, but we haven't been acting like a Christian. Maybe we're living, nobody here, but you might know somebody like this. Maybe you know of somebody who's living a life of defeat, of discouragement, of doubt. Because we're still carrying around a dead body. 
like that guy in All Quiet in the Western Front, he's still carrying that around. Put it down and bury it. Stop, stop trying to do CPR on your old sinful self. Stop pumping that corpse, trying to enjoy sin. That's why I told that story. That's what we are doing. We are pumping a corpse, trying to enjoy sin. Every time we sin, we are trying to breathe, breathe life into our old, dead self. You realize that? We're trying to breathe life into it. It's dead. It's a lie. We can never enjoy sin again. We can't enjoy it. We might get a little quick thrill, but we can never enjoy it. You know what? We never really did enjoy it. What sin does, I'll never forget this. I heard it many, many years ago. Sin promises thrills, never fulfills, ultimately kills. Isn't that the truth? Sin promises thrills, never fulfills, ultimately kills. Has sin ever fulfilled you, us, really? Really? I mean, think about it. Think about a sin. And you, you, we commit this sin, X, Y, Z, whatever it is. And a month later, did you ever say, boy, I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad I went against God's word and disregarded the Holy Spirit's conviction. And, and just, I'm so glad I sinned and did X, Y, and Z. No. It's always regret. It's always shame. Right? It, it's, it's a lie. It's a lie. What step do we need to take in our life? What step do we need to take in some area of our life to, 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 to deal with whatever is going on, whatever the Holy Spirit is convicting us about? I'm sure nothing here, but you might know somebody's convicted right now. All right? And what, how is the Holy Spirit convicting us? First of all, no. I know I'm free. <laughs> I know I'm free. I, I don't have to do X, Y, and Z. I don't have to think about that. I have the Holy Spirit's power, I know, and then believe. I must, I must count it. I must reckon it. I must make up my mind to do that, and then I have to act. Then I have to act. It's vital to live free, to get rid of the pet sins in my life. I have to act on that. Another crazy story. I couldn't resist telling both of these. Uh, uh, snake makes asp of itself. A woman's 13-foot pet python swallowed her hand and began working its way up her arm. But the woman told rescuers, don't kill my snake. <laughs> exactly. Don't kill my snake. The snake grabbed the woman's hand Friday while she was feeding it hamsters, and then it kept going. You know, The hamster wasn't enough, so she called 911 with the other arm, obviously, and uh, but didn't want to kill that snake. And and so many, so many, right? So many. We we must kill it. We must put it to death. We must crucify it. Galatians two twenty. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Look at it. I have been crucified with Christ. We have to put it to death. We have to know God's word. We have to know his truths. We have to know his promises. We have to meditate on them. And then we have to grip them by faith. And then we have to live by faith. That's what we have to do. I'm going to give you a little acronym to help you remember this. NBA. NBA. No, believe, and act. I know, no, starts with a K, but it's silent. And this is the best I could do, all right? It's silent K. Forget about it, all right? Uh, so, so NBA. You always want to play in the NBA. Here's your chance. Where's the spiritual NBA? Uh, you know, no, believe, and act. Every time you're getting hit, 
this week. You know, no NBA. No believe and act. And, and just keep focusing on that that, 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 that I know, believe, and I'm going to act on it. Let's pray. If you're here and you've never put your faith in Jesus, maybe you've already done it in your heart while we were, while we were studying God's word. Do you want a new life in Jesus Christ? Do you want to be free from slavery? Free from slavery. You can have that now with a prayer of repentance. God, I repent of my sin. Everything in my life that goes against your word, your will for my life, I repent of that. I don't want the shame. I don't want the, the, the accusation. I don't want the shame anymore. I want to be free in Jesus Christ. I put my faith in Jesus. I repent and put my faith in Jesus. His death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead to to take my sin away. I give my life to you, Jesus. I want a new life with you. If you have put your faith in Jesus, you have just been set free. You walked in here as a slave. You are walking out free. It's a lifelong of realizing this. Realization is the rest of our life. But the more we get to know God and his word, And the more we believe and we trust in him, the more we act on our faith, living out our faith, live by faith, we're going to see a transformation. Shocking. Someday you'll look back and say, I can't believe that was ever me. I was that zombie. I was that blind slave. I can't believe I thought those things and did those things. Or wanted to do those things. Even as Christians, it's this progressive sanctification, becoming more like Jesus. You won't. We just look back and say, "I can't believe how much He's changed me." So patient. So forgiving. He just wants us to come to him and to ask for forgiveness and to have the relationship restored every day, all day long. He's not looking to beat us up. That's Satan. God is looking to Embrace us. Just like we do with our kids. We just want them to turn back. Be free. Reach their potential. Have real life. 
If you put your faith in Jesus today, tell somebody. Tell me on the way out. Tell a family member, a friend. Tell someone at work, at school. Let somebody know so that we can be excited for you and encourage you. For those of us already Christians, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? What area of our life do we need to know, believe, and act on? Maybe we already know and believe, but we haven't been acting. What what? Which of these steps do we need to take for our life, an area of our life? And once again, if you need help breaking free, talk to me. Talk to Kim. Talk to somebody here, a brother and sister in Christ. We're here for each other. Father, I pray that we would never forget NBA. No, believe and act. And this would... That this would set us free and transform our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.